0: And welcome to what should read read today's recommendation is a book that we love to read but Reed hasn't read yet but we're gonna recommend it to him soon um it's called the um, series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket the it's the first book and it's called the bad beginning so now uh, um, let's read the back cover take it away Henry Dear Reader, I'm sorry to say that the book you are holding in your hands is extremely unpleasant. It tells an unhappy tale about three very unlucky children. Even though they are charming and clever, the Baudelaire siblings lead lives filled with misery and woe. From the very first page of this book, when the children are at the beach and receive terrible news continuing on... Through the entire story, disaster lurks at their heels. One might say they are magnets for misfortune. In this short book alone, the three youngsters encounter a greedy and repulsive villain, itchy clothing, a disastrous fire, a plot to steal their fortune, and cold porridge for breakfast. It is my sad duty to write down these unpleasant tales, but there is nothing stopping you from putting this book down at once and reading something happy if you prefer for that sort of thing. With all due respect, Lemony Snicket. And that was the back... Um, I'm sure you can tell right away that this is pretty sad. Um, But now let's get down to the plot. Okay, so the plot is that the three Baudelaire orphan, Well, the three Baudelaire children, Violet, Klaus, and Sunny, are um, sons and daughters, or are children of very rich parents, but then their house gets burned down in a very terrible fire, and their parents get burned along with, with them. I know it sounds a little violent, but, like, they don't do, like, a scene in the book where, like, I got burned. No, no, and, but, and then, um, so, they get placed in the care of a very evil certain Count Olaf. He's, he's a very evil bad guy that's out to steal their fortune. And Violet, Klaus, and Sunny will have to outwit Count Olaf and run away if, you know, if, if they can you know, stop him from stealing their fortune. And that was the plot. There is also a TV show with all 13 books and episodes. Yes, there are 13 books of Lemony Snicket. All are very exciting. My personal favorite book is book 12, The Penultimate Peril. My personal favorite book is book 11, The Grim Grotto. They're both awesome books, but honestly, all of the Lemony Snicket books are awesome, so you should totally try to read all of them. But like we said, there is a TV show, so once you've read the book, you should totally watch the TV show. Yeah, the TV show is awesome and so exciting. This is the time where we read a chapter of the book we're recommending so you readers can get a feel for the book. Like if you want to read it or if you don't want to read it. Now, Henry, take it away. Chapter 1. If you're interested in stories with happy endings, you would be better off reading some other book. In this book, Not only is there no happy ending, there is no happy beginning, and very few happy things in the middle. This is because not many very happy things happened in the lives of the three Baudelaire youngsters. Violet, Klaus, and Sunny Baudelaire Baudelaire were intelligent children. They were charming and resourceful and had pleasant facial features, but they were extremely unlucky, and most everything that happened to them was rife with misfortune, misery, and despair. I'm sorry to tell you this, but that is how the story goes. Their misfortune began one day at Briny Beach. The three Baudelaire children lived with their parents in an enormous mansion at the heart of a dirty and but busy city and occasionally their parents would give them permission to take a rickety trolley. The word rickety you probably know here means unsteady or likely to collapse, Alone to the seashore, or they would spend the day as a sort of vacation as long as they were home for dinner. This particular morning it was gray and cloudy, which didn't bother the Baudelaire youngsters one bit. When it was hot and sunny, Briny Briny Beach was crowded with tourists, and it was impossible to find a good place to lay one's blankets. On a gray and cloudy days, the Baudelaires had the beach to themselves to do what they liked. Violet, the eldest, liked to skip rocks. Like most 14-year-olds, she was right-handed, so the rocks skipped farther across the murky water, water when Violet used her right hand than when she used her left. As she skipped rocks, she was looking out at the horizon and thinking about an invention she wanted to build. Anyone who knew Violet well could tell she was thinking hard because her long hair was tied up in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes violet had a real knack for inventing and building strange devices so her brain was often filled with the images of pulleys levers and gears and she never wanted to be distracted by something as trivial as her hair this morning she was thinking about how to construct a device that could retrieve a rock after you had skipped it into the ocean and now he's handing it over to me Klaus Baudelaire, the middle child and the only boy, liked to examine creatures in the Tide Poodle- Pools. (laughs) Poodles. Klaus was a little older than 12 and wore glasses, which made him look intelligent. He was intelligent. The Baudelaire parents had an enormous library in their mansion, a room filled with thousands of books on nearly every subject. Being only twelve, Klaus, of course, had not read all of the books in the Baudelaire library, but had read a great many of them and had retained a lot of the information from his readings. He knew how to tell an alligator from a crocodile, he knew who killed Julius Caesar, and he knew much about the tiny, slimy animals found at Briny Beach, which he was examining now. Sunny Baudelaire, the youngest, liked to bite things. She was an infant and very small for her age, scarcely larger than a boot. What she lacked in size, however, she made up for the size and sharpness of her four teeth. Sunny was at an age where one mostly speaks in a series of unintelligible shrieks, except when she used the few words she from her vocabulary, like the like bottle, mommy, and bite. Most people had trouble understanding what it was that Sunny was saying. For instance, this morning she was saying "gack" over and over, which probably meant "look, look at that mysterious figure emerging from the fog." Sure enough. At In the distance, along the misty shore of briny beach, there could be seen a tall figure striding toward the Baudelaire children. Sonny had our Sonny had already been staring and shrieking at this figure for some time when Klaus looked up from the spiny crab he was examining and saw it too. He reached over and touched Violet's arm, bringing her out of her inventing thoughts. Look at that, Klaus said, and pointed towards the figure. It was drawing closer, and the children could see a few details. It was about the size of an adult, except its head was tall and rather square. What do you think that is, Violet asked, "I don't know." Klaus said, squinting at it, "But it seems to be moving right towards us." We're alone at the beach. We're alone on the beach. Violet said, a little nervously, "There's nobody else that could be moving towards." She felt the slender, smooth stone in her left hand, which she had been about to try to skip it as far as she could. She had a sudden thought to throw it at the figure, because it seemed so frightening. It only seems scary said Klaus, as if reading his sister's thoughts, because of all the mist. This was true. As the figure reached them, the children saw with a re- with relief that it was not anybody frightening at all, but somebody they knew, Mr. Poe. Mr. Poe was a friend of Mr. and Mrs. Baudelaire's, whom the children had met many times at dinner parties. One of the things Violet Klaus, and Sonny really liked about their parents was that they didn't send their children away when they had company over, but allowed them to join the adults at the dinner table and participate in the conversation as long as they helped clear the table. The children remembered Mr. Povey as he always had a cold and was constantly excusing himself from the table to add a, a fit of coughing in the next room. Mr. Coe mr poe took off his top hat which made him which made his head look large and square in the fog and it stood for a moment coughing loudly into a white handkerchief violet and klaus moved forward to shake his hand and say how do you do how do you do said violet how do you do said klaus oh do yow said Sonny. fine thank you said mr poe um but he looked very sad. For a few seconds, nobody said anything, and the children wondered what Mister Poe was doing there at Briny Beach, and when he, where he, when he should have been at the bank in the city where he worked, he was not dressed for the beach. It's a nice day," said Violet, finally making conversation. Sunny made a noise that sounded, that sounded like an angry bird, and Klaus picked her up and held her. Yes, it is a nice day," said Poe. Absently staring out at the empty beach. I'm afraid I have some very bad news for you, children. And that is the end of the part where we read it, part of the book. So we've ended off where he's like, I have some very bad news for your children. What do you think will happen next? Well, the only way you'll be able to find out is, is if you read it. <laughs> and also, please subscribe and follow us on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts except on apple podcasts and yeah well not wherever you get your podcast um but please do recommend it this podcast to your friends and stuff like that because um and we really hope you enjoyed this episode of what should Read read